Week seven of the Arizona high school football season is complete and it was domination for the Chandler area schools. Six wins and two losses is the record. We'll talk about the rankings this week and what it means and what it doesn't mean. We'll certainly elaborate on where we feel some of these teams may end up over the course of the postseason. This is the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. Check out bqenterprises.com where all of your legal needs can be handled from A to Z. Ralph Amsden, Chili, along with Brett Quinton, where we talk football at the 3A, 4A, and 6A levels. And guys, something I always like to ask you before we dive deep, something fun away from high school football. Chili? Um, shoot, I just spent the weekend really uh, hanging around the house and uh, moving some things around. Uh, luckily, I'm one of the lucky people that got a PS5 and a uh, Xbox uh, the new Xbox and stuff. So you tend you know, to have am, your hands. You got a yeah, lot of hands yeah, yeah. so, on a lot of things. Um, a... That 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 was cool. I haven't uh, really unboxed them. I actually literally did the unboxing for my Xbox on uh, the Chili Two Piece last night. But um, yeah, I, I really haven't taken them out of the box and started playing them yet. I got to move some things around. But um, yeah, uh, E Games the. The E-Team is coming to Arizona Varsity soon. I've been talking to Ralph about this for almost like two years now. And yeah, this is going to happen. So for all the kids out there that play a lot of video games and stuff like that, uh, I will be jumping on the stream team. So Very cool. And one quick question. as You mentioned boxes and unboxing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these various pairs of footwear, have they been unboxed at some point? <laughs> Maybe maybe half of them. Okay. Um, right. it, it's tough. Uh, I only got two feet. So, well, you know, so uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got a lot of shoes. Shoes are, um, a thing for me and it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I, I can't collect cars like this. So, you know, I always wanted to have like a bunch of shoes. I love the way they smell and the colors and all that stuff. So speaking of shoes, I want to run something by you. Yeah. yeah. Force uh, ones. Puma just announced that they're making like a Nintendo themed line. Yeah. What's the verdict on these? You're, you're looking at the first iteration of um, the classic cool. NES. Th those actually look pretty legit. I um, like those. Uh, those actually look pretty legit. But, um, you know, Puma is actually coming up big. Like they got a lot of young NBA players endorsing their products. A lot and of Lamelo. A lot of shoe tubers are, are jumping. Yeah. The Puma's coming out. Shoe tubers? Yeah, that's what they're calling. That's what the crew of uh, sneaker, YouTuber, unboxer, showcasers call themselves shoe tubers. So, like, they got a bunch of them that are really jumping on this Puma wave. And yeah, Puma's coming back. I honestly didn't think it was possible. I don't think they're going to get to where Adidas and Nike are. Um, they're too far back. But I think they're going to take a little. A little piece of that if they can get like 10 to 15 percent of it mm -hmm. they can eat and live and and function it's there's a lot of money in, in in sneakers so i think the lamello thing especially if he goes first overall tonight like that could be big for them they gotta get they gotta get some production at like the the stuff about um constant foot injuries from our boy marvin bagley and then deandre ayton with the ankle yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah that's not great for their brand no 100%. but like a nintendo partnership that's huge people love nostalgia hey since real quick since we are talking about the nba draft before we get into anything else marcus howard what what are yeah what i know you guys were big on him and stuff mm -hmm. uh, ralph especially and mm -hmm. Brett, i know you saw him saw him yeah. a lot too mm -hmm. what are your thoughts where does he fall like what do you guys think Ooh, that's great question um I think he's first round material. Yeah, I definitely think he's first round material. I do not. Uh, okay. Okay. I, material, okay. yes. I do not think he'll be picked in the first round. That's okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm thinking back half, first round, back third, okay. maybe. Um, so like one of the, like the last ten picks. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, fair. I, I truly. Uh, he, and, he's amazing. And you see him in the second round, obviously. I I'm see guessing. him in the second round. I've seen him mocked to Golden State, and I, I I like the idea of them being able to sit Curry and having some instant offense off the bench. Mm-hmm. Everybody's complaint with him is what. He's 5'11", yeah. right? He's a little um, fella. He is, yeah, he, he's definitely on the smaller side. It's tough to be sub six foot uh, in the NBA. Yep. Um, the good thing about him, though, is his jump shot is an actual jump shot. So his release point is the same as... I was going to say he might be 5'11", but he guy, plays yeah. like he's 5, 6 inches taller than he, he really re- is. He really gets up for his shot. His handles might be top three or four in this year's... Draft. Draft class, mm-hmm. which is also a really big thing for him. He is not a distributor in the way that he would be the guy that you would bring off the bench. So what he reminds me of is Eddie House. Okay. Instant offense. Like Undersized. You, yeah, you need that spark. You're going to have to help him out on, on defense a little <clears throat> bit. And he's going to be the guy who comes in. He, he's point guard, not point guard. Right, right. 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 Fair right. enough. He'll bring the ball up. And then you run him off a screen or something like that, and he'll be able to get a shot. So, up, but so I mean, Brett, like it sounds like you know he kind of uh, fits the you know backup Steph Curry because like Steph yes. Curry really isn't a true point guard either. I mean, I know sometimes Correct. he dribbles the ball up, but like I mean, he runs off screens. He, he's a scorer. To he me, he's definitely a is. He's very. Uh, he plays the game effortlessly. Yes. I mean, you blink and it's like, oh wow, he's got seven points. I mean, all of a sudden he breaks away on a steal, right. drops back for a three, and then a short jumper. It's like. He can do a lot in a very short amount of time. And, yeah, Golden State, I mean, like you said, instant offense, he, he's, he's going to bring it. Hey, the Perry product, I mean, you know, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get to show them a lot of love. So just for the record, you yeah. know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there might be a couple of other, like, Arizona products who, who get a chance um, in this. Josh Green, who went to Mountain Ridge before going to IMG Academy. I think Jake Toulson, who was, hmm. I want to say, like a Mesa player before going to BYU. There's, there's some okay. guys. Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion, yeah. Nico, Hopefully to the Knicks. Nico, oh, nice. I nice. saw Nico in the very, very early parts of the NBA um, NBA mock drafts uh, in the lottery. Oh, um, wow. And now I've seen him as low as 42, 43. Interesting. Um, because I think people were going back and watching that film from his year at Arizona and saying, like, oh, he's a supreme athlete, but his shot didn't fall as much as you would have wanted it to. Um, trust me, his shot's going to fall. If mm-hmm. he, can, he just he needs to get a little bit stronger. He I'm he gives serious. me serious Brent Berry vibes. And that's not me not okay. being able to make a, a cross-racial no, comparison. No, that's, that's fine. That's... It's that he can pass and he can jump out of the gym. Like, people people might remember, like, late Brent Berry. I remember dunk contest. Brent, Brent Berry. Right, absolutely. And Nico's a dude that I would put in the dunk contest, you know, that flying, you know, red red hair, sure. be a huge no, hit right out of the gate. Um, but no, I think I think Marcus has an opportunity. I think J- Jordan's playing in like Costa Rica right now. His older brother mm-hmm. um, scoring a bunch of points and everything like that. And he had a cup of coffee with some summer league and uh, with Golden State and stuff. the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, what he, what Marcus has that Jordan didn't is. Um, he is a much better athlete, like pure athlete. Yeah. He's got a great vertical. He's a little bit quicker. Um, but other than that, they're very similar as players. I, I think he's bench. He's instant bench scoring for the right team. I would just hope that it would be a successful team so that he doesn't get the Jimmer treatment. Jimmer for that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, 
My man was nice. Well, though. yes, he was. But that, yes, to me, was. that was the biggest COVID casualty was the fact that uh, Marcus Howard was on pace to, I uh-huh. think, pass Larry Bird as uh, like top fifteen All-time scorer. All-time biggie and, scorer yeah. as well. So yeah, yep. but he still set a bunch of records, and, uh-huh. and you know his legacy is still set at Marquette. You know, he's ahead Absolutely. of Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, all those dudes. So very true. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I, I hope he does really, really big things. Absolutely. And the NBA draft will start in about six hours. So uh, let's get to the Seaton Rivals podcast. Yeah. As usual, we begin with the Seton Catholic Sentinels, and unfortunately, they have now lost nine in a row, dating back to last season as they are defeated by the Padres of Marcos Deniza, 63-15. This is a team that's been struggling. Pete Walheim doing the best he can with what he has. They take on the Coronado Dons at home on Friday night. The Dons have scored just seven points all season long. Let's hope the Red and Gold can close out their season with a victory. And we'll kind of elaborate on Seton Catholic next year. because uh, Next year, excuse me, next week. We definitely will include them next week. This has been uh, a down year for them, but uh, we'll wrap it all up uh, in next week's edition. The beat goes on for the Valley Christian Trojans as they improve to 6-1 and one on the season after a 34-2 win over the Sholo Cougars. The Trojans scored in every quarter, and quarterback Jaden Hansel was on. 21 of 28 for 244, three touchdown passes. Trayton Hortzman, a name we haven't called this season, 100, excuse me, 100 receiving yards and a score. Ralph Cade Majerkak, he didn't get his 100, but he found Pater twice. Well, we need to talk about what this running game is doing for for the defense. Yes. Because you, you're able to hold. Yeah. But I, I'm looking at some of the teams they've had on their schedule this year and what they were able to do defensively. Um, ACP scored in the high 30s against both Santa Cruz and Blue Ridge. What they score against Valley Christian? Seven. Right. Sholo in this game? Two. Two. They didn't score on offense. Mm, nope. Um, what we are probably, many of us are considering the number one team in, uh, in 3A right now, or in two, I'm getting confused. They, the, uh, they played Phoenix Christian. Phoenix Christian. Phoenix Christian, Christian. Yeah. Phoenix Christian was 2A. Now they've been moved up to three, Mm -hmm. which is sort of hampered them a little bit. Yep. Um, their worst offensive performance of the season came against Valley Christian. Correct. So allowing scoring just seven. Yeah, we, game, we've seven. talked a yep. lot about the offense. We talked a lot about the the assistant coach, you know, and, and everything that's been brought to the table. We've talked about the Hansels, but this defense. Jake Peterson was a DC last year. Yeah. He's kind of instilled all of that this year as that guy. It worked for another Peterson at Red Mountain to take the defensive yeah, coordinator yeah, yeah. to keep the continuity and move him to head coach. And so, I mean, that this is this is a surprise, quite a surprise. It is, yeah. I didn't think with what uh, Kirk Sundberg brought last year or last two seasons, just that persona, that value, that buy-in, I thought that would lose a little bit this year. Uh, not so much translating into the number of losses, but this team has, quite frankly, has gotten better, perhaps. I mean, five out of five out of their uh, seven games that they've played, I mean, they've only give, they've given up seven or less, mm-hmm. right? And even in that one loss, they only gave up seven. Um, right. So that means that, you know, their defense can keep them in the game. Um, you know, the two teams that, that scored multiple, that scored double-digit points on them, Payson and uh, River Valley, you know, the first game of the season, you know, trying to figure some things out. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, Payson's got some weapons. So 
hey, this defense has been absolutely amazing. I know that they moved uh, one of my favorite athletes over there, Chandler Carter, to defense. Okay. And he's doing some damage, I guess, from his uh, defensive end spot. So, but we don't uh, really know because they don't they they spend all their time game planning and zero time uploading stats. Right, right, right. On the so, defensive that's true. side that's, of the ball, very true. maybe that's the secret. Hey, and I, and I'm not mad at that. Whatever strategy works for you, you know, just keep doing it. But um, yeah, Valley Christian's making it happen, and you know, as much credit as the defense as the offense gets, you know, the defense deserves a piece of that cake too. Absolutely, the regular season is over, and they're the number eight seed. They'll host the Round Valley Elks on Friday night. Round Valley 5-2 and two on the season. Even with the pandemic, it should be a fun time over at VC. As props, excuse me, as always, props to Brian Winfrey, Greg Hagsman, Scott Timmer. They've always been terrific to us. The Arizona College Prep Knights. They blew out the Car- excuse me, the Coronado Dons 56-7 to end their regular season at 5-2. and two. They didn't have to pass, so they didn't. They put the ball up just nine times. Baruch Stevens with 132 yards, and Chile, he's just a sophomore, so perhaps he's the running back of the future for this team led by Myron Bluford. Hey, it's always good to be able to take advantage late in the season and look into the future of, you know, your program, you know, give uh, some of your seniors that have been uh, killing themselves all, uh, you know, all season long, whether short or long, um, a little bit of a break heading into the playoffs and stuff, so... What Blueford's doing, you know, to kind of take a peek into the future with uh, like Jaden Diaz and mm-hmm. uh, this Chen Baruch Stevens and, guys, and yeah. um, a lot of these guys, you know, it, it's exciting. Uh, Roman Goble, uh, you know, I, I think ACP's, you know, got a good thing going for sure. So, you know, we'll just see how this works out in the playoffs for them. Hopefully they make a nice run. Absolutely, Ralph. They get the number five seed in the 3A playoffs. They're going to host a Thatcher Eagles team that was once one and three on the season, but now they've won three in a row. Thatcher, regardless of the level, always brings fans, and they always bring it to the table. Yeah, they they got a running back that you got to worry about in Mark Wren. Um, he's been absolutely going off, and so this is probably, I mean, 3A playoffs, you're talking about two running back show. Uh-huh. This, might be, this might be the best matchup. Um, yes, this is a good um, 12-5 matchup. Perhaps not the typical 12-5 matchup that uh, ACP wanted. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be tough, but I mean, we're we are currently at a position where we just have to be thankful that there's there's football at yes. all. I am not taking, and this is just me. And you, I mean, feel free to disagree. I'm not taking the playoffs seriously. I'm not taking the champion seriously. Um, I'd probably take the Open seriously if it's a repeat of the matchup that we're going to talk about later in the uh-huh. show or maybe involves, uh, you know, uh, Saguaro or something like that. But, like, everything to me I am treating like this is the last possible game that is going to get played. Everything to me I'm treating like this is just like um, a Christmas gift sure. of, of, of an exhibition almost. And so, you know, I know coaches aren't about that. They believe that there's no moral victories whatsoever, but I'm just glad that there's any football. And I'm, all those kids that have that mindset of going out there and, and taking advantage of this, like it's the last possible time they might take the field, understand how special this experience, you know, is, is going to be for you. The, the fact that we're t- sitting here talking about the eighth game of the season for ACP is going to be against Thatcher, who is like three-time repeat right. two-way champion. Like That is awesome. It this really is, is this this is definitely one of the, the best games of the week. We should all be super excited about it, and um, and I really want to see what this defense can do to stop Mark Wren because if they can't, then this is going to be where their season ends. And you always wonder like, is it is it good for a team to ramp up or to get kind of a break? And Coronado is you know that was like a mercy killing that game. Yeah, it was. Um, so you know what what do you think? 
you think it's best that they got to go out there and have some fun before they play Thatcher, or or yeah. would have it have been better for them to hit this um, Santa Cruz game right before heading into play Thatcher? Um, you know, I I think that getting an opportunity to kind of uh, you know get a a, a motioned week off, mm-hmm. I I think that that's a good thing, uh, especially with the the hysteria that the pandemic's created, um, you know, mentally and physically, you know, it's wearing. So, you know, to get a little, uh, a little tune up. Mental breather. Right, right, right. Before the playoffs, you know, and um, let some of these young guys get in, let these uh, older kids, let these seniors see, you know, like, hey, look, you know, this is, this is what's coming up in the program before we get to the playoffs. Uh, You're going to have a tough game next week. So just, Go through the motions this week. I, I think that, that that it's a good thing. I, I think that you know, uh, Coach Bluford. When you know what you're doing, you you make you make the best out of it. And I think that Coach Bluford definitely you know took advantage of uh, this situation because I mean the schedule could have shook out differently. And Absolutely. you know may, maybe it's Valley Christian before the playoffs or Correct. whatever. You know, so um, the the best teams will make the best situations out of however it goes into the playoffs. And that game will be held at Perry High School because, as we know, at least for now, ACP doesn't have a designated home field. But that will—that's uh, certainly going to change for 2021. Brett, can you explain to me how the 3A playoffs work? Sure. <laughs> 3A and the 4A very similar. Uh, essentially, you've got the 16 is playing one, 15 playing two, right, almost right. like your typical. Sixteen bracket. bracket. Exactly. Okay. But what's going to happen is. Those eight winners are going to be reseeded. Why would they be reseeded? I, that I couldn't, I could not tell you. So, so for s- instance, so the 15 seed beats the two seed, and then there's no other upsets, and the 15 seed becomes the eight seed. Most likely, that would be. My, that's my in, understanding. In okay. That's in theory, yes. Okay, so theory. I, so my, so it is a must win. It's definitely a must win. Yes. Okay. So oh, absolutely must win. All right, because the game, like one of the game that I'm looking at here, that is like, oh my goodness, um, the number four seed, ALA Gilbert North, has to play Safford. Those two teams are both very, very good. I think Correct. Safford is like the only team to have beaten Round Valley or something. That, like that. sounds so, right. Yes. Um, so if ALA Gilbert North loses, they're out. That season is over. Yes. Okay. So this is this is playoff week. Yes. So it is still playoffs. It's not okay. So then I, I think it was a misinterpretation on my part that you play the game and then reseed what the top eight are, and then so like if Snowflake, the number one team, was to lose, that they would still be in the playoffs based on how the seedings would no. work out. But okay. Correct. All right. Yes, yes. All right. That's so that's very interesting mm-hmm. because. Yeah, uh, um, Arizona College Prep is currently number five, and they they are they're out there trying to save somebody's life because if they can't get it done, then that means Thatcher's probably going to come in as an eight. That's and, right, and, and so, so Snowflake Thatcher could be a one eight. They're and out there trying to save somebody's life. They but, are. Yes, <laughs> they yes, really are. No, you like, are right. That that's and so this is this ACP game. Um, is enormous, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think we ever would have had a chance to really see Round Valley Valley Christian in any other Correct. situation. And so I might, I might stop by. Yeah, I'm gonna I might stop by my, that game. My plan is I'm gonna go to uh, ride up to Perry High School and check out that game for a half. Okay, and then head back to the house and watch Hamilton Chandler on TV and print. Oh, for okay, the, uh, I did that. So, yeah, so good uh, stuff, man. And the reason that I believe that 2, 3, and 4A are 
kind of have this quote-unquote plan scenario. They all had seven regular season games, or at least tried to get seven. Getting an eighth might be challenging. Again, pandemic, locations, and all that. So at least everybody, you get an expanded playoff field, so to speak. Because, yeah, I don't yeah. think you'd be able to get... Look at how many teams are only going to play six games this year. Yeah. So that's that's I, why you have that weird play-in. I love it. I I love it. I've been arguing for bowls. I almost wish... I almost w- and I know that we've bled into a winter season, but with n- with there being no winter season, I almost wish that we went reverse bracket just so people can eat games in. Just if you can, so if you had a one through sixteen, and then the losers go backwards, and you have a right, no. and then the winners go forward. Sure, because um, I I think that's. Re- but then again, every time you roll the kids out there to play a game, you're taking. Uh, a risk in a time where it's it's amazing that we even got football in the first place. So it, wishful thinking sure. on my mm-hmm. part, but um, you're right. You're right. The fact that some teams are getting eight eight games in when you know you got kids in Tulleson who got zero, and you got kids in Tucson who are on game two or three. Right. Exactly. You know, it's very very tough. So I mean, I'm I'm excited now now that I understand it a little mm-hmm. bit more because my whole thing was like, wow, that's leaving so much to chance. Oh, that yeah. like, what if you're a nine and you beat eight? But the way the formula shakes out, you're still a nine. Correct. You know, that's that's rough. Absolutely. And speaking of Perry High School, their Pumas, they fall to the Pinnacle Pioneers 52-20. to They're now 0-5 on the season. I say very unfortunate mm-hmm. because we like to see all of our teams do well. But, Chili, this is a program that has fallen on some hard times really, really quickly. Yeah, we can't say that we didn't see this one coming, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries, uh, the you know, two weeks off. Uh, you know, they didn't even get to start practicing, I don't think, until the Thursday before the game. Um, Devin Dampier, the super sophomore over at Pinnacle, dumping 350 yards on them. Yikes. We can't say that we're, you know, caught off guard by that. Um, you know, big Anthony Franklin, the defensive end, rushing in for two touchdowns on them. I mean, Perry's in disarray. And they're trying to fig- they're they're really really trying to figure out life after Purdy, and Purdy, life after that's, the Purdy. That's right? very true. Um, and in the midst of all that, you know, like I said, injuries just weren't the typical like, oh, this guy's got bumps, this guy's got bruises. Right. Um, you know, this we're gonna guy, be without this back surgery. Yeah, we're gonna be without <laughs> this offensive lineman or, the, or this defensive lineman. Like, they lost their quarterback. They've literally lost their three starting quarterbacks of the last like five years, right? So right. Um, now they turn to another quarterback. With two games left, one full practice under his belt, taking the one reps, um, Ethan James, and you know, a hundred, a hundred passing yards. Uh, you know, Colter Brown, the, the the junior, throws a touchdown. I mean, this this seems struggling. It my is. man, my man, K. Berger didn't even crack ten yards. Um, uh, what's it called on his on on his one on his one carry. And didn't even crack, you know, 50 yards receiving. Like, right. one of tough. the talented receivers in the C-Town area. And the last name James, is this a coincidence? It is a coincidence. There oh is no gosh. relation. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. there is no relation. Like, God dang, what? Yeah, no, that's... Uh, now, to the best of my knowledge, there is uh, there is no relation. And uh, the Perry Pumas, their next game is against the Basha Bears, who... Wow, I'm going to say they're ahead of schedule, the Basha Bears. I mean, honestly, we knew they were good. I'll be the first to say I wasn't sure if they would be this good. I mean, 5-2, and two, freshman quarterback, they lost their first two. It's like, okay, my initial thought is let's see if they can get to 4-3 and three maybe. But they're looking at a 6-2 and two year. 
Is can Perry save their season here? Can Perry save their season? I don't think so. I mean, I, you win the rivalry game. I, I mean, I think right. that that's always big, and you know, yes. you, you can. It helps you because it's over. Their, their season's season. over after this week. Just, yeah, right. I just think Basha has. I think their season was over like three weeks ago. I just but, mean it, it, no. right, but yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, just, I, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I, this is this is a hard. I'm, I'm not saying is it possible because I, I think we we are looking at. Uh, one team that is figuring things out and one team that is completely lost. Um, but if, in the improbable event that it does happen, like in the minds of Perry and everything they had to go through this year, does this save their season? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Ownership of Val Vista. Yes. Ownership of Val Vista will go a long way for those juniors and sophomores because I'm going to tell you right now because you know I cover freshmen and yeah. um, I know most of the freshmen around the state. Um, the cupboard's getting very, very bare at Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting, they were getting on the freshman level. They were getting yes. racked all year yeah. long. So and if the, you win Valvis, you win a neighborhood. Right. You truly win a, a wealthy, right. in and, talent and in money and, <laughs> neighborhood. And and Basha has full ownership of the neighborhood. They're fully owning the standings right now. Uh, they got all the heat. Um, the only this thing that's young, missing is a win, right. which, which win. is coming one year after they did bash a solid by getting them out of the way of giants like Perry, and then all of a sudden it flips that quick. The script flips that quick when when we were all like, "Oh, it's good they got little Basha out of the way of big bad Perry." Now Perry's zero and five, and and I'm sitting here asking if we've got a season four of Friday Night Lights thing on our hand where if they could say all of the trials that we went through as a team are worth it if we can just beat West Dillon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they know. can come up with a W, that's huge. That is 100%. very huge at a lot of different levels. Um, I don't see it happening, but winning that Val Vista region, so to speak, is, is there, there, there There's a lot on the line for this game, there not, not just for Perry. Uh, right, you no, know, right. Me and Andrew Barney went, went back and forth on Twitter about this. I said... That Basha was a five-win team, and he gave me the like drunk face emoji. Hit me back like five wins. So like I told him, if you get six wins, I'll, I'll bring you lunch. I will bring you lunch the Monday after you get your sixth win. Ironically, it comes. They have to get the Val Vista sign now. So now I will say this: <laughs> Is Andrew Barney like one of our favorite players? Because you're buying him lunch. I'm getting him haircuts. It's like <laughs> it's just a weird hey, scenario. I'm, Ralph, Ralph, come but, on. <laughs> You got to get in on somehow. What are you doing for Andrew? Yeah, I mean, should we make make it public? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is funny. You can ask Coach McDonald where where some of his college attention came from. You just ask him. I will. We'll leave it at that. But I will say, I am definitely in on this. I don't. I don't know Andrew personally, but I have passed some pretty big phone numbers along on his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. that's weird how he's no, become hey. kind of our number one kid. I do. I, I, I love it. I love Andrew oh, Barney yeah. the way he plays. And, Absolutely, you know, that's um, funny. Basha had to buy in. Like I bought in on this young quarterback, Demond Williams. I thought that he was absolutely special. I absolutely love what I've seen from Miles Lockhart early on. I love Bryson Debman. I love a lot of these freshmen that they have over there. Even the freshman level, right? Um, they're loaded with a uh, Keon Fox and Isaiah Johnson and uh, Cade Price and a lot of young kids. This cupboard. Kate Price, stocked. I'm liking him. This, I'm liking this yeah, cupboard is fully stocked. So this now, is an open team in 2022. How about maybe yeah, even 2021, sure. but 2022 definitely. Well, how about I mean, the, uh, Arizona Cardinals it? coming through and naming Chris McDonald coach of the week. 
That's it, babe. Hey, and you know, he's done an amazing job from yes. top to bottom, uh, bringing the kids in, getting the kids to buy in. Um, you know, James Duran, Wyatt Milkovic, uh, timely transfers. Uh, you know, he really turned this program around. This was literally the outhouse two years ago, and now it's the penthouse. This is, is the view from the top, and it happens so fast. And at least I know that Coach McDonald will be able to harness this and handle this properly as Basha deserves because we all know the dumpster fire that he adopted when he came over there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was know. rough. It was rough, and we you know we we like Gerald. Brought, we like Gerald. Oh, absolutely. Brought absolutely. Christian Earls back. You know, Christian Earls had quit the team prior and brought him back to love football, to be an impactful player, uh, to contribute. Uh, my man Caden Camacho, I think he averages like 10 tackles a game, the leadership that he's exuded. I do not see a world, and man, I do not want to put the bulletin board material up there because I've had to buy pizzas for Perry before, mm -hmm. but I am telling you, I do not see a world in 14 million outcomes courtesy of Dr. Strange that Perry wins this game, not an Iron Man one. Here's what here's what I like is they're not just a cute little story anymore. Like they be quickly became the villain, right? Mm -hmm. We have been counting down to undefeated Mountain View against undefeated Corona for a month, right? Yeah, that's true. And now yeah. we're not going to get right. it, no, that's, and not because of some fluke win, but because Basha was up seventeen nothing correct. at halftime. And that's what I like about this and team. held like, on. This was a competitive game. They showed that they can. Be scored on, but no, we're not going to let you score too much. We, it's time for us to score. It's like, it, it was a great game for them to come out on top of. It was, I mean, because they had been winning. They had been posting up some donuts, and that's always good. But when you win a fight, a fight against an unbeaten team, that says something. Yeah. That's... I don't know. I'm, I, you know, with the C-Town Rivals podcast, we talk about the schools in, in the Chandler area. And mm -hmm. I, I, feel, I feel like they, Basher really had the momentum going into that Mountain View game. I didn't know they had shut them out in the first half. Right. I'm like, crazy. that's... Um, and hey, they, being able to hold on was great and everything, but, th I mean, that was enormous. Hey, just because, just because I know the comparisons are going to come sooner or later at some point, I do want to let everybody know um, one, of, one of my most treasured stories, uh, kids that I covered, uh, my man Spencer Rattler. Um, what did he win? Five games his freshman year? And DeMond's on, on pace to DeMond maybe win seven win or eight. Yes. And I, I want I, we got to get the we want Castile chant going, like that's how I, I would love to see Basha and Castile line it up. I don't absolutely. know how it would work out, but my, my hope is that you know Next most of them year, will be postseason bound this yeah. year maybe. Yeah, that's, maybe if, they, uh, if if we can we can end up with with uh, with a potential playoff matchup maybe. Correct, and let's see. So right now the way it's looking. Basha, it would be number five in the six eight playoffs. Yeah, uh, that high. God damn! Yeah. Wow. Castile so they, is so actually might... kind of out. This is a must win for Castile, and we'll talk about them in a second. So are we only rolling with top eight in the... only eight in but six so a and five with a. the open teams pulled. by committees yeah. pulled pulled out. Yes. So okay. six open six six a teams will get pulled up to the open most likely, but mm -hmm. um, this Basha team could be on the top half of that bracket. After... Yeah, see, the reason why I'm thinking Bash is going to hold at number five, they're not going to pick up any power points by presumably beating Perry. Why? Don't they absorb Perry's schedule? The, well, they Perry, got mopped up by... But Perry didn't win any Perry didn't games. win any games, so... It's, That's the one... Yeah, the one yeah. thing I've never been a huge fan of, uh, of the, the AIA... Well, two things. One, they like undefeated teams more than they like... Uh, more than they like... Um, teams with tough schedules 
But mm-hmm. they like if you're not undefeated, if you have like one loss or whatever, that they will take a tough loss over a win. Yes, as, it, yes. so long as you're not undefeated. Right. So no, that, you're right. that's the thing that we've yes. always you know it caused us some worry last year. Like, are we really going to end up with Yuma Gila Ridge in the open division playoffs? We're all holding our breath. Thank God Gila Ridge lost a game Correct. to a rival so that they could go play in the 4A playoffs where they belong. Correct. But, yes, I think I think that um, the worst possible thing for Bash could happen w- would be to lose. That could A loss is not would not be good. The, the only way that Perry gets out of this pacing, and I promise you this, the only way that Perry gets out of this pacing is if they decline the game somehow and forfeit it or whatever. But I hope that if there's some sort of cop-out that it's had it's marked up as a forfeit because, like, this sure. stuff that's going around is, like, absolutely crazy. And now for Castile, so they're 3-3 three and three right now. They've got the game against Red Mountain. This is a matter of if you win. Well, if you, it's a matter of are they going to play by, beyond Thanksgiving or not? Because I think a win might sneak them, might sneak them in with some help. A loss, a three and four Castile team is not getting in. Right? No, because I because you've got eight teams. It's one thing when the bracket was sixteen yeah. teams, but eight teams is uh, so. Yeah, no, they've got to. Uh, they've got to beat so Red dangerous too. They just beat and Williamsfield. Right. I know, and I know Williamsfield was beat yeah. up. They didn't have their starting running back Tatum Cloud. Cloud they were playing with a JV pull up. I want everybody to understand they're playing with a JV pull up. Where's so, Isaiah? Uh, I think injured or something like that, but. Um, he's, he's healing some bruises and stuff, but, um, Caden Cloud is a little nicked up and did not play and, uh, Die is, has been, you know, special on the JV level. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we shouldn't, look, up by, we shouldn't look at this as like Red Mountain is finally achieving what we thought they'd achieve. It was circumstances. Kind of. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the Red Mountain loss because, you know, uh, you know, no, man, I don't want to put pressure on the kid, but. Dude, once you step on under those Friday night lights, you better be ready to go. You gotta be ready right. to go. You gotta yeah. you gotta be ready to embrace that. And you know, if you're not, like I know that uh, Sean Hunter uh, was carrying a lot carrying a lot of the weight for Williamsfield offensively. Uh, that line that line is not the same line that we we fell in love with the last two years. Correct. And so, yeah. so, so under so those lights, some, is Castile gonna be ready? F- because so, that, that, everything's on the line for them. This is a big game for. We were talking yeah. about them going to the open. Right, and I mean it's. And they should have been. They lose yeah. this. They they lost that chaparral game, and like I brought up, they did not have Shaquan Bowser, who you know is going to be there. He's the one that puts the quarterbacks in the pressure cooker. So it's like, like they started off three and zero, and good thing they came up with the uh, the win against Desert Ridge. Oh yeah. Twenty four seventeen, but. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, no, we'll see it. I was saying they were three and three. They're four and three, I guess, right now. Castillo. Yeah, they are four so, yeah, and three. So four and three. Yeah, I know I what you meant. Yeah, I don't know if a five and three team, uh, Castile. Well, four gets and four definitely doesn't get th- them in. Yeah. But my part of my part of my problem with the Castile situation is, and and I know that nobody's gonna look at it like this, and the numbers don't crunch this way. But this Castile team took a Saguaro team, who I believe right. is one of the three best teams in the state. They took a Saguaro team on 24 hours' notice. Yes, they did. Like, there is a... Right, and that, to me, is what should give them the boost, but Saguaro's missing all these games. And see, that's... Yeah, because teams so are afraid. Yeah, uh, right. Go so ahead, Brett, my bad. Yeah, no. And, that's what, and so <laughs> formulas, that's what makes the formula so weird in this situation is I almost want everybody from from uh, 5A up to be handpicked because you have to take into consideration that four different times now, Saguaro has been like, I don't know who we're playing on Friday. Right. 
And, no, it's, it's, and in any yeah. normal situation, Horizon, scheduling a Campo game Verde, yep. NDP, mm-hmm. sure. uh, you know, obviously the Chaparral game at the beginning of the season, and I think there's one more in there. Like so, the law. So Castile's loss to Saguaro is not as strong as it should be. At least right now. Right. I mean, again, it's, it's not recognized. It's the way not it recognized exactly. But in a room full of people like us, it's it like would. God. They took that game. They deserve credit for I taking that game. And honestly, like I know that people are like, "Oh, Castile, like you guys have a little bias because you know this is one yes. Seatown Rivals podcast." Well, so yes, we do. Yes, yeah. But yeah. you take a room of three individuals like us from somewhere else. I don't care if it's like Andy Morales and Richard Smith and and whoever else. And they are they would most likely I would say say the same thing that Castile took a game against one of the they would have taken Chandler they would have taken Hamilton they would have sure. taken anybody on that short notice and I think that that deserves a little bit of recognition for having the you know but now no you're absolutely right the marbles now, to do here's that here's the crazy yeah. thing the six A is going to be loaded in a, just a regular you look at a Boulder Creek. You look at uh, Highland, you look at either a Liberty or Centennial. Um, Corona might not have Corona done enough to may, get pulled up. So to there, the... you look at a Basha, so right off the bat, we just rattled off six teams, six 6A six, teams that won't get in, that may not get into the Open. Is there room for Castile? And we're not saying Castile doesn't deserve yeah. it, it's just, it's weird with points and everything, it's like almost, who do you bump out? Castile so it's, it's will tough. make the 6 so... I don't know if Castile will make the playoffs, the 6A playoffs, but Castile would make the playoffs a bigger story because Boulder Creek, without without oh, with that, you know, close loss, I bet you they're licking their chops hoping that Castile gets in. Like they're probably cheering for Castile to oh, win yeah, this week no, without so that doubt. they get in. Because um, I know that they want that rematch. I know that Bear Milicek and Jacob Cisneros wants to go round two with Castile. And it would be sure. it would it would be weird to see Boulder Creek in Saguaro handpicked for the open despite not really having the schedule to be handpicked for anything Correct. but us just knowing what the talent level is and Castile being the outside looking in. Right. No, it's either way it doesn't matter if they don't beat Red Mountain and Red Mountain right. is they are dangerous. Correct. Absolutely. Well let's move on to Arizona Avenue and um, Hamilton Huskies they pull out the win over the Higley Knights 42-36 an action packed game both teams scored in every quarter, and this was about the running game for the Huskies. Quarterback Nico Marchell with 113 yards on the ground, but in this case it was the legs of Rodney Clemente that provided the spark. Ralph, Rodney Clemente, 110 yards and three scores. Yeah, they're, they're so deep at running back right now. Um, uh, the result of this game surprised me a little bit because, you know, it, it feels like if anybody's had a murderer's row, we just talked about Castile, but Higley's got to be up there. With yes. The teams that, like, every single week they're playing a little bit above their station. And it was kind of cool to see them grow challenge, and respond. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and Hamilton needed that challenge, especially going into Chandler. Because I think the prevailing thought was that this is a Hamilton win by 20-plus. Absolutely. Um, after, you know. But, but it might be all these tough <clears throat> games for <throat> Hamilton in a row – and they didn't even get to play Chaparral, right? But they have That's all right. these tough games in a row. Might do a really good job of preparing them for what they're going to face in Chandler. Obviously, the difference between what Chandler did to Higley and what Hamilton did to Higley Night is day. a little bit different. But every and single timing. week, yeah, every yeah, and every single week Hamilton has has gotten somebody's absolute best Asian. shot. Yeah, That's true. I, I'm not going to take anything away from the way Chandler uh, rolled Higley up sixty three to seven because you know they they did what Chandler does right. Um, what I will say, though, is I think Chandler 
prepared Higley for what they were going to see down the road versus Hamilton. Kai Milner is an absolute specimen of the of a quarterback, and I do think that arguably he should be the number one quarterback in the state. So the way that Kai Milner took it to this Hamilton team, I am not surprised. Now I think that Kai Milner and Higley have now prepared Hamilton for this air assault that Chandler is able to you know exhibit on any given Friday. Um, what was it five touchdowns by Kai? I mean. That yeah. my man is is ridiculous. So he needed that too. Like yes. if, we're, if we're if we're being honest, mm-hmm. he he had he's he's going to Cal. Obviously, there's people that believe in him, but he got his start pushing out a senior that some people thought should have started over him, and then getting beat up by Bishop Amat, I think, or Alamey. No, Alamey. Bishop Alamey. I was at that game, and it was like, all right, he's got a long way to go and a long way to grow if he's going to be an impact player. And this Hamilton defense is serious. He told me before this season, he said, this is what I want, Chili. If I could ask for one thing for my senior year, I want to go up against the toughest schedule, the best teams, anybody. Line them up. Chandler, Centennial, Hamilton. Right. And he wanted it. He said, hey, man, if I take this 70 to nothing uh, whooping, it's all good because this lets me know where I am. I want Brandon Buckner to chase me. I want to see how tough Hamilton is. And he's seen it now. Dude, I am, you know, I, I absolutely love this kid. I'm so proud of him. Um, but anyways, getting back to Hamilton, I do think that Kai Milner has become the warrior over here in Arizona and has now prepared Hamilton for a little bit of what they are going to see against uh, Chandler because Mikey Keene, Yes, Man. and I'll roll Boy, into that game, it. and then we'll, yeah. So I was at the Chandler Wolves and Highland Hawks game, 42-19. to 19. Mikey Keene, he was on point, 27 of 33, four TDs, 90 yards. Keene with 16 TD passes on the year and just the one INT, which is amazing. Eli Sanders does what Eli Sanders does. This was great to see in the sense we saw Jalen Richmond explode. Seven catches, 131, two scores. I'll say the one thing, and the Wolves often speaks for itself, I was kind of surprised, in a sense, to see the Hawks, and we know Gage Daly is a solid QB, to sustain long drives against the Chandler defense. I mean, they scored three touchdowns against them. Something I didn't quite... I wasn't thinking it would be a 63-7 blowout, but three TDs against the Chandler defense is three TDs. They're good. Like they're, yes. the, we talked about this last week. They are one of the best teams that I have seen all year this year. If they're not handpicked for the open, that's ridiculous because they can actually they they need to be. I don't whoever's in that room needs to understand that there is one team in this state, and maybe they lost to Queen Creek in a way that they shouldn't have. There's one team in this state that can actually hang with the big boys and deserves another shot at them. Um, Some people will say that's Centennial. 42 to nothing, though. First game of the season. Light uh, practices. Yeah. Be okay. fair. Yeah, I went out and saw Centennial this last week, and I, I will I will give you um, that they are very Much talented. Okay. They I didn't see from them what I saw in Highland, which is like they hit, hit. And they, they Highland has a dimension well. that is just hard to deal with. 
And yeah, which I is like great Ma- to see. I like Max Davis as much as I like any running back who isn't in the Chandler Unified School District. I like Gage Daly as much as I like any quarterback who isn't in, in in the Chandler Unified School District. Um, I think Eamon Allen is maybe the most. He talented. impressed me. I yeah. I had never seen him before, and it's like, oh wow, wow. Uh, he's, yeah, he's he, he's ever, he's everything you could want. He would a, he would be he's a, a star player, right? Yeah, he'd be a star on any school in CUSD, like easily a star. Like they would build around him. That's right. And so. Um, I, I don't know, I think, but for Mikey Keene to go out there and go 27 of 33 against that team, good God. Hamilton better be ready. Right. That's... They better be ready because it's, I mean, here's the difference right now between Mikey Keene and Nico Marchial is Mikey can go out there and win this game. Mm-hmm. Nico could lose it. That's where I'm at right now on these two quarterbacks. And that's not that, like... Take it how you want. If you mm-hmm. want to be offended, be offended. But Nico Marchial is going to have to be perfect. Yes. Mikey could take over. He really could. If you know, and he's going to run the offense. He's not going to go out there and um, go rogue or anything right. like that. But if you need, I'm I'm weighing the two of them against each other right now, which is what you have to do. And if you need somebody to make a game-winning throw, who is it? It's Keen. I don't think there's hesitation there. Right. If you need some, if 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 you need to depend on somebody, even if we're just talking about straight dependability and not turning the ball over, making the right decision, I still think that's keen. Mm-hmm. I think if it comes down to quarterbacks, and and it sucks to be in a situation where you're making a comparison, but this is the biggest. This is on ESPN for a reason. Right. You need to treat it like it's big boy football. If Nico Marchial wants all the smoke, like Chili always says, you want all the smoke. You have to show me something more. You have to make throws that nobody else can make. You have to go in and you have to take this game over. They won that Saguaro game, but not on his back. Right. They, A lot of special teams and field position and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there were things that he did against Highland that I think showed me what he's capable that flash of. Flash is a brilliant. But it can't be a flash. It has to that light that you gotta turn on your brights and you gotta leave them on for three hours. Can he do it? Can he do it against this Chandler defense? Can he do it with uh Brandon Buckner coming at him when he struggled to do it with Quentin Somerville coming at him from Sawar? Right. Can can he be on all game long or does Hamilton's coaching staff and Coach Litt and Coach Zadebski, do they have to find holes and weaknesses and scheme around and dink and dunk? Or can you go out there and trust your quarterback to make big-time throws, to take off when he needs to, to not hesitate when he takes off? Because you remember that interception he threw against Saguaro mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah. he, he probably could have gone to the end zone. Yeah, he wanted to get it done with his arm. And I don't mm-hmm. blame you. Bryce Perkins was that way. Yep. Yeah, you know he 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 never wanted to give away. Like I, yes, I know you think I'm a dual threat, but if I can make the throw, I'm gonna make the throw because I'm a quarterback first. It can't be about that. It has to be like last year when Nick Arvey says I'm gonna go out there and I'm going to almost die on the field. Right. No. Right? Like, yeah. I, is... You if you if you can go out there with the toughness of Nick Arvey and the talent that you have in your back pocket is Nico Marchial, then you give yourself a chance to win. But I mean, everybody has to be on. Like right. Uh, Shuck. You you got to run through him, Masunis. I don't know if somebody at Chandler has the ability to. Uh, and uh, here comes a text message from Rick Garrettson when I say this. I don't know if Chandler has the ability to cover a guy like Michael Masunis 
one-on-one. I don't know if any school in Arizona has the ability to handle an actual tight end. tight end. Like a real tight end. Right. No, it's... Not a hybrid, but like somebody who actually already has that NFL body. Um, Chandler's going to have... So you're going to have to use everything at your disposal, and then, and then some. You're going to have to try to win this game. Does he have what it takes? Last year, they almost pulled it off, yep. and it was with Nick Arve literally putting his life on the line to try to get it done. I think Hamilton's... Best option, at least right now, is kind of that dink and dunk that you said. I think they're going to have to use seven or eight different receivers. I don't know if, and this is not a knock against Marshall or anything like that. He's had the one game of 300 yards, 350 a couple weeks ago, I think, against Highland or something. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen that traditional drop back, hey, I can hit a receiver for a, We haven't seen like a keen to Jalen Richmond camaraderie that... You almost need. So I think that short pass, they, they're deep at running back. I'm not in the war room or the X's and O's with them, but to me, I think that's the best way for Hamilton to I mean, meet Chandler. I mean, to be fair, even if you compared Nico and Mikey and said that, you know, they're, they're similar and on the same level and stuff like that, um, you would still have to take the receiver room and compare it. And mm-hmm. right. know, be, be honest, like, I mean, Keon Gray is Jalen Richmond, Boise State, uh, U of A commit, uh, you know, Ohio State, Oregon are coming after them. I mean, who, who that's are you, who, right, who are that's... you comparing from, from Hamilton? And keep in mind, those Hamilton receivers, they go both ways. Um, Shuck, Lewis, they're both playing both ways. And, I mean, that's difficult in its own. And I think that the, the hardest part about this is I don't know. I do not know if you can beat Chandler with multiple players playing both ways. Correct. I just don't know. No, I think that's a This big, is the number one team in the country and I stand by and that. And it's and hard it. for them to do it's hard to go both ways against a mediocre team, yeah. let alone a I, great one. I'm gonna argue that at the high school level, like obviously Chandler's receivers are more talented. This Chandler we might be talking about how the fact that this Chandler receiving core is the most talented Chandler receiving core, which is absurd to think about. Like, this is Deion Jordan used to be a receiver out there. Javon Williams used to be a receiver out there. Nikhil Harry, uh, Gunnar Romney. Like, the, the, right. it, it's crazy to even enter into the idea that Keon Gray's at a top level. It, he's definitely in the room with them, but we probably need to start having the conversation of whether or not he's better. But I don't think high school receivers win games, high school quarterbacks win games. If you have Anaya and Shuck and Masunis as your receivers, you hit them when they're open. You scheme them open and hit them when they're open. It really comes down to what the quarterback has the ability to do. Because a good high school receiver, you're still catching the ball. Yeah, Keon Grace has the ability to moss anybody, but you still have to scheme him open. Like, you have to figure out ways to put him in position to succeed. And then the ball has to get there. Receivers at any level, college, pro, they don't win games unless you're DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday, obviously. <laughs> but that doesn't happen without Kyler Murray being able to escape, get all the way over the sideline, throw off the wrong foot, make the ball go 60 yards through the air on target. So you think it's a better throw than a catch? Because I thought it was a better catch than a throw. First of all, it was... <laughs> My it, man had three people on yeah, him. No, so no. I, I think the receiver deserves a little bit of credit. <laughs> but, it's this, dual. So. but it's dual. But it's dual. You you don't have an opportunity to make a play like that unless right, the ball but that, gets but, but that's the point. In being dual, you got to be fair. Wh- 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 like if you're gonna take which team's receivers, who's do you want? Well, of course, of course, I want Chandler's. Okay. But what I'm saying that, is that's my whole point, though. What I'm saying is a big reason for why we say that we want Chandler's is because 
of what Mikey Keene is able to do. Of course, head-to-head, they're, they're, they're the more talented individuals one-on-one. But the, the, you can't sleep on what Hamilton's got. These are college-level players. No, 100%, they're but they also go both ways. Yes, right. I'll tell you where I'm going. It's funny how we're having this conversation. I'm thinking about the Penn State-Miami National Championship game, 1986. No, and follow okay. me where I'm going with this. The Miami Hurricanes... Vinny Testaverde, uh, Michael Irvin, Benny Blades, Brian, Brian Blades, two all-time receivers, two big-time running backs, Alonzo Highsmith, etc. But Penn State had a secondary that was built to hit. I look at the Hamilton secondary, essentially four potentially D1 defensive backs. I don't think it's potential. I think they're actually four, four, one, D- yeah, four D1. Four D1. <laughs> right. They have to control and hit Jalen Richmond and Keon Graves hard, almost Highland-type hits to make them think twice about catching those Mikey Keene balls. If they're able to control the passing game from a receiver standpoint, much better chance of winning a game because Penn State had a bunch of no-names. Miami had Lord knows how many NFL yeah, players. Right, play. but this goes back to my thing. is like Zach Lewis and Brady Shuck, like they have to go both ways. Yep. And how, like, right, yeah. how tired will they be in right, stamina in the fourth quarter? Those Penn State guys are not going both ways. Right, right, right. And so, so like that's, that's my biggest thing here is like, you know, in comparing the receiver rooms on both sides. One, you're not just comparing the receiver rooms on Hamilton's side. You're comparing athletes that go correct. both ways and have to do a whole lot of work, a lot more work than these Chandler kids. These Chandler kids are fresh, and they're back up to um, 100% every time they step on the field, 100%, 90%, but never dipping down into, like, 70% or 80%. No, right. And, you know, this is almost a testament to the Hamilton boys that, you know, have to, you know, do that double duty. All right, so every single year somebody comes out of nowhere. Right? In mm-hmm. this game in particular, uh, someone comes out of nowhere. So on both sides of the ball, give me somebody who isn't just like the obvious uh, person first off the top of your head that you think could be a key to, to this game. And I'll start. I think on the Chandler end, if you even if you find a way to stop Tyler um, and Buckner and, uh, and our guy who just committed to... Uh, Oh, Zion. Yeah, Zion Magla. Yeah, even if you find a way to stop them, it's, for me, really going to come down to are you scheming away from Ky- – it's Kyler Orr versus Noah Schmidt to me. Kyler oh, Orr yeah. versus okay. Noah Schmidt to me is the key matchup in this game. Even if you get Noah Schmidt to that second level of the defense, is Kyler Orr talented enough to shut that down? That's for, so that's the key thing for me is Noah Schmidt versus Kyler Orr. For me on Chandler's defense, uh, I got two players. Uh, Tony Brewer, who's absolutely violent, and uh, Frankie Morales. Both of them can play all three levels of the defense. Uh, they can come down and smack linemen, smack running backs at the line, behind the line. Um, they can also, obviously, Frankie's a uh, safety. So, you know, mm-hmm. Frankie and Tony, who plays his hybrid position, they can drop back into coverage. They can play intermediate stuff. Um, I think... I really think Tony controls the what the outcome of whatever Hamilton is doing, and man, at, with his length, I mean, I mean, my man's like a healthy like six three, six four, um, does some damage out there. Like, I'm gonna say for me, Morales, Frankie Morales man, has to be tough. involved in the game. I'm not even gonna say more. I think if he has a big game where he's all over the field, kind of like Levi Sterling ish type scenario. Yeah. 
I think they will win comfortably. Frankie Morales has, reminds, me, type of game. reminds me of like uh, Troy Palomar. Okay, like, all right, I that's mean, fair. He, he's coming to you know do whatever he does, and he's coming to hit people every play. He can break up passes too, but like his specialty is going in there and crushing somebody. And you know, I I, I think man, he he's special. Question two: Is this the last time they meet this year? No, they're going to meet in the final at Desert Vista. Assuming they're one two. They will meet in the final. That's now if they're. I'm hoping they're one two, so they're on opposite ends. But if I will comfortably say without a doubt that as long as they're on opposite sides of the bracket, one, meaning one and two, Chandler will play Hamilton twice. If year. Hamilton wins, they meet again. If Chandler wins, I don't know. I think Saguaro is is waiting and game planning. To see Hamilton, and I think the loser of this team of this game has to go through Solaro. Okay, mm, yeah, that's um, a good point. That's because they'll be on the same side of the bracket. In the, in the right, end. I mean, well, if we're saying yeah, right, because well, the winner. Let Let's just say, for argument's sake, maybe. I mean, yeah. Let's theory. say, let's say it's Chandler, Hamilton, Solaro, and Desert Edge, just for right. top four. So let's, if Hamilton, whoever wins, is going to be number one. Right. I think whoever loses would be still number two because you're getting all those power points from each other. That's that's my thing. Yeah. I think that's um, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't so disagree. the loser, I don't so disagree. whoever's number two would end up having to go through Saguaro yes. to get back to the final. All right. So I guess should we want to throw out a prediction? Yeah, I'll uh, let me go. Thirty-four uh, seventeen Chandler. Okay. Uh, I'll say I'll say twenty eight. What was the what was the championship? Twenty eight twenty one. That year. Yeah, twenty eight twenty one. Twenty eight seven. Oh, that's I, it right. Twenty eight seven. It, it was like fourteen seven late. And yes. Then there was a punt. Okay. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go twenty eight twenty one. Okay. Twenty eight twenty one chairman. Okay. I, I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go thirty one twenty eight Chandler. Uh, my man, my man. Uh, Crew Peterman, I think he comes up big. I think he comes up big. That's uh, big, and Crew Peterman's going to have to, not even necessarily for this game, I'm a huge believer in on-point special teams in yeah. high school football. Yeah. He's one of, he's one of the, the best kickers in, in, yes. in the state, and you know I think that uh, you know he's due to have a meaningful, um, a very, very meaningful kick, and I think that you know maybe it's going to be a 35-yard game winner, and I think that that's going to be what decides this. And if we're wrong, just blame the administration at both high schools for not telling us that there was going to be the luncheon this year. Oh, they so, did that? <laughs> right. That's, right. It's crazy. That so, yeah, not only were we the original Damn. sponsor of this luncheon, we've right. been at it every single year, but we didn't even know it was happening this year. Nobody even told us. Maybe we would have done a better job of sizing up these teams and promoting the stream of the luncheon if you would let the people know who actually do a podcast covering your teams that it's still happening. So, Man. Uh, shout out to Chandler Unified for uh, yes. for... for uh, at least keeping Sports 360 abreast of, of sure. the situation and, and our guy Brad Sessmat for hosting. But let us know so that we can help. That's what we're here to do. If you haven't noticed for the last eight years, we've been doing a podcast covering your schools. So, you know, that's uh, give us a heads up. <laughs> Absolutely. Damn, that's yeah. hurtful. <laughs> now, it uh, should be a great game as always. We look forward to talking about these teams over the next few weeks. But indeed, yes, we did miss being at the... 
Battle for Arizona luncheon, but... Uh, I'm going to give you guys a history of the entire Battle for Arizona Avenue on ArizonaVarsity.com this week, so look out for that to drop. Hey, make sure you guys subscribe. Show some love. Sounds like a plan. This is a C-Town Rivals podcast presented by BQEnterprises.com. See you later, everybody.